Welcome back to the I'm Open Podcast. Today, we're going to be taking a deep dive look into synonyms and antonyms. We're also going to be following up our mascot discussion from last episode and let you know five mascots that need to be canceled immediately. And I'll tell you why I don't want anyone to get their hand caught in a paper shredder. All coming up next on the I'm Open podcast. As many of you in the I'm Open family might remember, the Clemson Tigers won the college football championship this past season, and when they did, we discussed about how they visited the White House, as is tradition for the champions of all major sporting events here in the United States, to get uh, an invitation to visit the White House for a little meal and a little speech. And what really stood out about that moment and that event was that, well, the government was shut down at the time, so the White House staff that generally does the catering was not there on hand to help with the food for the players, for the Clemson Tigers. So Donald Trump decided to buy a whole uh, mixture of fast food, french fries, pizzas, and Whoppers. I think he like bought, and he bragged about how... He bought it out of his own money. He spent his own money to buy like 100 Big Macs for the players and how nice of a guy he was that he was able to spend his own money and he thinks they really like the Big Macs more than the fancy food anyway so he can connect with the real people and now, okay, that was really nice. So anyway, we talked about that at the time. We thought it was interesting at the time, especially for young people who are so focused on working on their bodies and really their bodies are their ticket to their career. So it's really important. Even I know they, they all have cheat days and they deserve them because they work really hard. But, you know, it is really important for them to maintain their bodies to maintain their diets. But, uh, you know, Donald Trump used that excuse that, you know, at the time the government was shut down. He didn't have the normal uh, staff that could help him uh, do the catering as, as he would have. So, Now, the college basketball season has just wrapped up with March Madness. Congratulations to the Virginia Cavaliers who won the men's uh, March Madness, who won the men's championship, and the Baylor Bears who won the women's championship. Shout out, first of all, to the Virginia Cavaliers who just straight up said they were too too busy to go to the White House, which, um, shout out to them. That's pretty dope. I mean... Virginia is very close to Washington, D.C. For all of those who, who aren't real geography experts out there, they do touch. They, they touch each other. Virginia actually touches the nation's capital. They border each other. So I think they, if they wanted to, they probably could have, find, could have found one evening or one, one day to stop by the White House. But I respect a lot that they just said, you know what, we're too busy. We're okay. We'll, we'll stay here on campus and just have a good time with ourselves and with our friends rather than uh, going down to the, to the White House. But the Baylor Bears, they did pay a visit to the White House. And you will not believe what they saw waiting for them on the table when they got to the White House for their banquet with the president. So the Baylor Bears arrive and they see the same exact spread, but, you know, there was less food because there's only about 15 people on a basketball team and about, you know, 70 on a college football team, but the same exact spread, Chick-fil-A, Burger King, McDonald's, and, okay, at the time, 
Last time, when, when, when that was the spread that Donald Trump provided for Clemson, the explanation was, oh, well, the, the government shut down, so this is the best thing we could do, and oh, I'm so nice because I took it out of my own pocket to buy all these Big Macs for him. Well, what about this time? What's his excuse this time? Obviously, the government shutdown is over. They should be able to give these people some real food, not hamburgers made out of styrofoam and these women are like i said incredible athletes who are definitely trying to treat their bodies as temples as they should so they can keep succeeding at their craft at their sport one of the players for baylor even uh her name is kalani brown she even posted on her instagram the moment everyone's been waiting for with the laughing crying emoji i'm sure you guys are all familiar and that's showing a picture of big macs and chick-fil-a sandwiches on the table and there's also a photo of their coach, Kim Mulkey, and she did not look very impressed herself. The sad thing is, Donald Trump, he couldn't even pretend like he watched the game. He said, you dominated for most of the game and led Notre Dame going into the final minutes of the third quarter. It was very exciting. People were calling me and saying, you better turn on this game. It looks pretty good. So he just straight up admitted he didn't watch the game. Some friends called him and told him, you better turn on the game. I'm sure he was lying about that. I'm sure none of his friends called him in the middle of the night and say, hey, Donald, you better turn on the National Women's Basketball game. It's pretty good. But just lie and just say you watched the freaking game if you're going to say it's so exciting. And they had such an incredible season, which they did, and they totally deserved to be celebrated. Just either lie and, and just say, I watched the game, it was an awesome game, and you guys won, congratulations, or don't. It just, you know, don't, don't do that. How hard is it to lie and say you just watched the game? You already had, you already lied and said your, your friends, people were calling you in the middle of the game saying you better turn this game on. I mean, just just take the lie to the full extent and just say you watched the game and it was an awesome game and it was your favorite game and it was so exciting. How hard is that? You lie about everything else, but you can't even lie about watching just one basketball game just to make these girls feel feel better. Anyway, the Baylor Bears, they took the high road and they did bring a Baylor jersey for Donald Trump, though they joked it might not fit him. And he said, no, it's okay. I love the short sleeves. Now, for all for all of my friends out here in the I'm Open family that, that aren't aware of this already, just to be clear, all basketball teams wear shirts with short sleeves. Actually, no sleeves. <laughs> so, somehow, Donald Trump was so stupid that when they said it might not be the right size, he thought they were talking about the sleeves. And he said, no, I like the, like, as if the short sleeves, like, the the basketball shirt that they offered him, which is a tank top, it's not even a short sleeve, it's a, you know, no sleeve, as all basketball shirts are, and he took that as like a novelty of like, oh no, I'll give it to Melania, she'll like it, and I like these short sleeves, like, does he not understand the way basketball works? Has he not seen a game before? Does he not understand that all teams wear the same uniforms, basically, which are short no sleeves, actually. Anyway, we're not going to talk about this too long. I did just want to follow up with the story that we had discussed before about the fast food. And obviously, last time, uh, Mr. Trump had an excuse for, for basically, you know, giving these guys poison to put into their bodies. And look, I love fast food. I enjoy a good McDonald's uh, every, every now and then, Wendy's, Dairy Queen, I support them all, but I also, I'm not an athlete, uh, so I don't really need to worry that much about, you know, obviously we should all worry about what we're putting into our, our bodies, but 
you know, I don't have the same level of concern uh, in terms of what my diet is going to have to be. Uh, so I did just want to follow up uh, and give everyone in the Amazon family an update on the latest uh, dietary offerings at the White House for these national champions. Now, we're just discussing the Baylor Bears, who won the Women's National College Basketball Championship, the Virginia Cavaliers, who do the same thing on the men's side. Both of those are, you know, uh, fairly common mascots, fairly common nicknames that we've heard before. And with all these sports going on, as many of you guys probably are aware, every team has their own mascot. And right now, we're living in 2019 in the age of cancel culture. We see all sorts of celebrities, all sorts of different brands that, you know, if they do something that isn't isn't woke or isn't, you know, acceptable to the rest of society, then, you know, they become canceled and we're supposed to, you know, stop supporting them and stop, you know, listening to them or being being fans of theirs or whatever, listening to their music, wearing their clothes, however, however it is. So I think sometimes we do go a little bit over the line with cancel culture, but I think for the most part, it is just a sign that our public awareness is growing in terms of it's not just about what folks do on the field, it's also about what folks do off the field and about how they comport themselves at all times. These are public figures and these are brands that, you know, it's not just about do they make a nice shirt, but if they have bad practices in terms of the way they manufacture or sometimes like with the products they manufacture, then those are those are reasons for us to, to not support them anymore. So, I decided today, I want to talk about some mascots that I believe need to be canceled and n- abolished. And be- no, I'm not saying these schools should be abolished. I'm just saying that they need new mascots. They're not all for schools. Some of them are colleges. Some of them are professional teams. But here right now is my list of mascots that we need to cancel. They Maybe they could have the student body vote on a new mascot. Maybe they could have a mascot election. That's really up to them. But these are some mascots that I think, without a doubt, we need to cancel. Now, we have our top five. Now, before we get full, full into the real list, I do want to just give a shout out to a couple teams that didn't make the list, but they definitely, you know, should be canceled as well. Now, first off, the Utah Jazz. They just got eliminated from the playoffs. They are a basketball team. They play in Utah. Now... The Utah Jazz is a long and proud tradition and a proud brand. The thing that just doesn't make sense about it, obviously, is that Utah is not a place that's known for its jazz whatsoever. They actually moved from New Orleans, where the team used to be located, and obviously New Orleans jazz makes a lot more sense in terms of just connecting the city to the mascot, to the team name. They moved to Utah, they wanted to keep the name, and they have, and you know, at this point, I really don't think there's a good chance they ever will change the name. It's not really offensive, it's just more confusing, and the Utah Jazz has a long, proud tradition and a really fervent, very, very energetic fan base because they are the only professional team in Utah, so... I think for that reason, fans would be pretty upset if they decided to change the name. I think people are pretty attached to that name, and I also don't really feel like I need to include it in the top five because 
a lot of people have discussed this before about how silly it is that Utah is called the Jazz. So I don't really need to uh, to go into that too much myself. Now, you know, another one that I feel like is kind of outdated, the Cleveland Browns. Just a little lacking creativity at the time. Brown was the last name of the original owner of the team, the Cleveland Browns. Pretty narcissistic to just straight up name the team after himself. Um, Obviously, it worked because his last name happened to be a color. They were able to, you know, create a whole color scheme based on the guy's name. But I just think at this point, it's a little weird that the team is just straight up named for the owner. The Browns have adopted the dog pound as their sort of unofficial mascot, as their unofficial sort of name of their fan base, the dog pound uh, with a W. D okay, you know how you know what I mean. D A W G dog pound. So and they dress like dogs. They dress with like the big saggy cheeks and stuff. And that's that's kind of what the mascot they've adopted for themselves. But you know, I just think at this point, it's it's weird to have a team that's just straight up named after the last name of the owner, Paul Brown. I know they want to you know give him a special shout out and give him recognition. And I know obviously he wanted to give himself recognition at the time. But, you know, it seems like they could come up with a mascot, an actual real mascot, that's not just a color. So, now we're actually going to get into the real, real top five mascots that need to be canceled. Before we start, I just want to say that when I, all of these are um, offensive to me and all of these really need to be canceled. So... When I say one, then the other, I don't want you guys to think that, you know, one is, I guess, it's it's hard to say which is more offensive than the other. I think the overall point is all of these need to be canceled. And so when I go through the, my top five here, um, let's just say they're all they're all a tie for first place because they really all do need to be canceled. It's not like I think one is is better or worse than the other because I I think none of them are really better. I guess that's my point. I just I don't want you guys to think I think any of them are better because they're all worse. So they're all tied for worst. Okay. So uh, first up on the list of mascots that need to be canceled, the Carolina Hurricanes. Now this is a hockey team. They play. Uh, hockey in the great state of North Carolina. But, you know, they represent uh, the two Carolinas at the same time, which is nice inclusion. But, you know, when I think of mascots, usually the mascot or the, you know, the team name should be something the team is proud of. Sometimes they're just silly and sometimes they just don't really have anything specifically to do with the state or with the city. I mean, Golden State Warriors just sounds good. They're not like Warriors, New York Giants. It's not like they're more... They Some of them just sound good and don't have any direct correlation to the city. I mean, I guess Giants because it's the biggest city in the country, New York. But, you know, sometimes it just sounds good and that's where you go with the mascot. And that's okay with me. Sometimes it's just a nice alliteration. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins, even though, you know, there aren't really any penguins in Pittsburgh that I know of. It just sounds good together. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to include those types of things on my list here because, you know, that's still creative. But the Carolina Hurricanes, that's not necessarily something that Carolina should be proud of. I mean, hurricanes every single year devastate the Carolinas. They're one of the most vulnerable parts of the United States. Obviously, we know Florida, we know Louisiana, but the Carolinas every single year get devastated by different hurricanes that end up hitting their shores. So... To actually name your mascot, it's not really something that your state or your community is proud of. It's like a source of 
a lot of sorrow and a lot of pain and a lot of destruction in your community. Yeah, I, I really don't see why this team is named the Hurricanes. I know you guys have them a lot, right? But it would be it would be like a team naming themselves like the Bird Flus or something. I mean, that's I guess yeah, it's scary. It is scary, but it's not really something that you're necessarily proud of. It's something that's been a cause of a lot of negativity in your community. This also does apply to the San Jose Earthquake soccer team. I mean, earthquakes have devastated Southern California and, you know, caused the loss of life, the loss of property. So we're going to name we're going to name this after something that is devastated people that a lot of people have negative connotations to. I just don't really understand it it doesn't seem like it's a source of positivity in the community for things for you know everyone to rally around this also goes for and i didn't want to get too much into the so mls soccer because i don't really consider that to be one of the main main sporting leagues in the in the u.s but they also have the chicago fire and which is a soccer team and the chicago fire was literally one of the most devastating events that has happened in this country where a lot of people died right so it's like okay i understand it's also like a show on nbc or something but 1871 the great chicago fire killed approximately 300 people and destroyed over three square miles of chicago leaving over a hundred thousand people homeless perfect let's name our soccer team after that I just don't understand how uh, devastating disasters, whether it's fires, whether it's hurricanes, whether it's earthquakes, are appropriate mascots for the team. Then every time, if you know somebody that died in an earthquake or a fire or had their house destroyed by a flood or a hurricane, why, why would you ever want to, ha to have a team name that celebrates that? Why would you want to even go and put on a jersey, put on a shirt and say, go hurricanes, go, when a hurricane literally destroyed your house just a couple months before? How I just don't understand this. I really don't understand this. So hurricanes, that's my first mascot or team name that needs to be canceled. And I guess we'll just rope in Chicago Fire and uh, San Jose Earthquakes to that as well. Let's just say no natural disaster themed teams because it just it, it brings up negative emotions right you want this to be a positive rallying point for the whole community the next team name the next mascot that needs to be canceled is crusaders now why why just say crusaders and not one team there are a lot of different crusaders i believe currently there's about eight different college programs that use the word crusaders surprise surprise they're all catholic schools just a little history lesson the crusades were a series of attacks by christians sanctioned and encouraged by the church on muslim sites so basically it was just a, a war a, a religious war okay so i this is another one where i know they're catholic schools i know i guess they that they wanted a catholic shout out thing but you know I'm sure there could have been some other way to shout out their Catholic faith while not talking about basically a religious conflict that if you really look, and this is not a history podcast, but I'm just saying if you look back, a lot of the tension and a lot of the sort of mistrust between the faiths of Islam and Christianity today, you can trace back to the days of the Crusades when literally the whole, one of the main, main missions of the Crusades encouraged by 
the church, encouraged by the Pope, were to take back what were considered to be holy lands or special special cities, special lands from Muslim communities and take them and claim them for Christianity. And obviously thousands and thousands of people died. It was very violent. And it's just not, it's not a nice, it's not really a mascot. It's not really a team name that incites positivity. To me, it more incites negativity. And especially as a non-Catholic or a non-Christian student attending one of these schools, I wonder how it might feel to literally have a mascot that was basically someone who attacked all people who did not practice that religion. It must be some sort of internal conflict. I don't know if they don't, they're not aware, aware of the true meaning of the Crusaders. I'm sure they say, well, that's not our meaning of Crusaders. We just mean about just crusading for, you know, going on a crusade for justice or, or, or faith or whatever it is. But there still is, that's, that is the strongest connotation of Crusaders. When you say Crusaders is of the Crusades in the Middle Ages. So I think that's a no-brainer. I think all these schools who use the... And no, no pro teams, obviously, because, you know, no pro team is really religiously affiliated. We do, of course, have the New Orleans Saints, but that's sort of more based on the oh, When the Saints Go Marching In song. But in terms of pro teams, we do not have any currently called the Crusaders, which I think is good. And I think all these college teams that do use the mascot Crusaders should consider uh, definitely moving on from that and finding a new mascot and a new team name. Now, the next team, the next mascot that really needs to be changed and canceled is the Nashville Predators. This one to me is also just a no-brainer. Predators... I know, like, their mascot is, like, a wolf or a saber-toothed tiger or something like that, but in this day and age, in 2019, when you say predator, I think everybody thinks of sexual predators. I don't really think people think of, like, wolves. I think that's the bad... Like, I know that was the original sort of meaning in terms of predators eat prey, you know, carnivorous animals. I understand what it means scientifically. I'm just saying that Today, in the age of where we've had the Me Too movement, we are trying to be more and more aware and we're, we're trying to do a better job as a society, but we still definitely have a long way to go in terms of especially protecting women, stopping sexual abuse, stopping all sorts of abuse in our society. And I just think predators is not... I like I said. I understand they mean a wolf. The franchise's actual logo is a saber-toothed cat, and it was it was a reference to that the fact that a saber-toothed cat skeleton was found, you know, during the excavation of this site to build the site uh, where the Nashville Predators p- play. That is a cool little background, but I mean, then just call them the saber-toothed cats or something like that. I just predators. I, I, I don't think I need to explain too much into why Predators has a negative connotation. I understand sometimes teams are like pirates, raiders, Vikings, people that are scary, people that pillage and burn and, and are conquerors as well. And I understand, you know, maybe we can't take every single violent connotation out of every single mascot. But Predators, I think we all, when you say Predator, I think we all are at least 90 to 95% of us have the same connotation, have the same things come to mind when you say predator. And it's definitely not, it's not like, ooh, that's rough and tough. It's like, no, that's just scary and that's just not okay. So no brainer to me, Nashville Predators, we do not need a team called the Predators. Definitely would not like 
you know, for any woman who's experienced any type of relationship abuse, assault, why would she ever want to wear a shirt that said predators for any ally, any man or anyone who's, you know, or obviously men can experience assault as well. Men can experience uh, relationship abuse as well. Also, anyone who, who knows anyone else who's experienced any sort of abuse, anybody who just, you know, is aware and, and does not support abuse um, and predatory action, predatory behavior. I think this one is really a no-brainer as well. We definitely do not need a team called the Predators. That's that's a pretty easy one. No, no Predators. We do not need any teams called the Predators. So that is the next mascot team name that obviously needs to be canceled. Now, another one that is shared by multiple teams. There's not a single, there's not just one team that uses this mascot, but they all need to be canceled. And this one is another just no-brainer. And this is why, you know, at the beginning, I didn't want to say, like, okay, Predators are worse than Hurricanes. Like, Predators are terrible. Hurricanes are terrible. I think we can just agree they're all terrible, and we don't need any of these mascots for any of these teams. So now you kind of understand why some teams just say, okay, DC United or Manchester United or whatever it is, because then it's just we're just united. We're a city. LA Football Club, LAFC. All right, great. Pretty pretty easy. It's the city. It's the team. You don't have to go in hot water with these mascots. But I think there are a lot of mascots that you could choose that aren't offensive. So uh, I, I guess that's just my point is that's why I didn't want to do this one's number one, this one's number five, and so on and so forth because they're all offensive. They all just there's, they're all just no-brainers in my mind in terms of we need to cancel all of these mascots and not have them as mascots anymore. The next one I wanted to discuss, which, as I said, is shared by multiple schools, is the Rebels. Ole Miss, the University of Mississippi, uses this. They call them the Running Rebels, or the Running Rebels, excuse me. Running Rebels. Rebs. And the UNLV, uh, University of Las Vegas, Nevada or excuse me, UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, they also use the Rebels Rebels nickname uh, and Rebels mascot. Now, Rebels, uh, when in this connotation of Rebels, I'm sure we all know the word Rebel. It's not like, oh, that teen's a Rebel. She stayed out after dark. It's not like that. It's not like, yeah, I used to be a real Rebel. My mom didn't want me to take the car out, and uh, I picked up all my friends, and we went out and uh, went, went skinny dipping. That's not the kind of rebel we're talking about. These rebels are both a reference to the Confederate Army and Confederate soldiers. So that was the nickname for the Confederates, the rebels. And it's these guys, uh, University of Mississippi and University of Nevada, Las Vegas, are both kind of shouting out to that past of the Confederacy. First of all, when, we do, when we're talking about the University of Nevada, Las Vegas... Nevada was not even a state at the time of the Civil War, okay? Nevada was not a state at the time. It was just a territory. I'm not trying to say just a territory because I'm out here living in D.C. We are not a state, so I'm not trying to diss Nevada. I'm sure you guys have a lot of nice stuff going on over there, and now you guys are a state. I'm just trying to point out, Nevada was not even a state at the time of the Civil War. It was actually a union territory, so it really, historically, it just doesn't make any sense for them to be the rebel, rebels. But then this just goes for both the schools. 
obviously, especially University of Mississippi, because they were a part of the Confederacy. But, you know, this goes for both the schools and anybody else who I might be missing who might be using the mascot Rebels. I just want to clarify that the Confederacy was fighting against the United States of America. So it's not, you can't have it both ways. The rebels wanted to overthrow the United States of America. They did not want to have the United States of America. I just, I don't know, and and I feel stupid repeating myself, but I really do feel like I need to clarify and explain for the people in the back who might not be understanding. The rebels of the Confederacy did not want the United States of America, USA, America, however you say it, they did not want this country to exist. They did not want that country to exist. So, first of all, if you support the Confederacy, if you have a Confederate flag hanging on your door, if you have a Confederate flag tattoo, uh, I mean, why are you doing that, first of all? And second of all, you can't call yourself a patriot because the Confederacy was against America. Against America. I, I don't know, and I'm not trying to say I'm the number one patriot out here either. I don't have a USA flag tatted on myself, and I don't, you know, go to all the different uh, monuments every week either, even though I live close by. But I just really want to make this very clear that for all the rebel mascots and all these people who are called the rebels, that is literally against the United States of America, and it's supporting slavery. So... It's 2019. Obviously, we know what year it is. Why do we have mascots that support slavery that are against the United States? I think it's pretty clear. If you were a student of color attending any of these schools, if you were an American attending any of these schools, you would say, why do we have a mascot that hates America? Why do we have a mascot that's against the United States of America and that also hates black people? I'm a little confused here. This is 2019. I don't understand how this is still. And they're always like, well, that's our tradition. You know what our tradition also used to be? When you get pneumonia, you die. You know what our other used tradition used to be? When you take a shit, you throw it out your front window and leave it on the sidewalk. Sometimes traditions pass because we invent plumbing or we invent medicine. Imagine that. Progress. Human progress. Huh? That's special. That is so special. So that's why... It's 2019. Soon it's going to be 2020. Soon after that, it's going to be 2021. Time flies out here in America and the rest of the world, okay? My point is, why the hell do we still have mascots that are called the rebels? And don't pretend that it's a rebel without a cause. Don't pretend like it's somebody who's slicking his hair back and drinking beer when he's only 18. That's not what rebel means in this context, and they all know it very well. They know it very well. So, I... Yes, I'm fired up about this one, and I'm confused. I don't understand how people who think this is a cool mascot don't understand that rebels were rebelling against the United States of America. I know I've said it like 12 different times, but I just, it's its hard to even get through my head how people can call themselves patriots and how people can say, God bless America, I love America, say the Pledge of Allegiance, I love whatever the hell they say about America. I'm not trying to say I have any problems with America, I love my country, but... How can you say these things about how much you love your country, how much it means to you, America's number one, and then go back and support the rebels, which is literally rebelling against America, didn't, didn't want the United States of America to exist. They were trying to shut it down. They are trying to cancel the whole fucking thing. Okay, so if anybody is confused about this, 
feel free to reach out to me personally if you or or just consult history books in general or Wikipedia if you need some more clarification explanation about why the rebels were are not of an acceptable nickname to have and why this is just not not cool for teams to be still using this nickname today and not only is it not cool it's extremely offensive and it's just like take your head out of the sand or your rear end or wherever it might be and wake up to the fact that yes this is offensive this is not a part of this is you don't say this is a part of my tradition this is a part of my culture there's a lot of traditions there's a lot of parts of culture that change and that's progress that's the way the world works and that's for the better for the most part so all the schools that use rebels or any sort of confederate shout outs in there mascots obviously they need to change their mascots they need to wake up and they need to get with the times and respect all of their student bodies who are there at that school make them feel safe and not use mascots not use team names that are directly offensive mascots that represent a lifestyle represent a belief system that literally don't even consider some of the members of the student body of that school to be valid human beings i think that's just a no-brainer that we need to cancel any mascot called the rebels and last but uh not least and as i said you know none of these guys are least i think the big point of this whole discussion is all of these mascots need to be canceled they're all tied for worst we don't need any of them and i don't like any of them and i don't want to choose which one i think is the worst because i think they're all the worst so let's cancel them all but at the the last of our top five mascots and team names that need to be canceled is something that's near and dear to my heart and that is the city of dc where i grew up where i live washington dc and we here in dc currently have the title without a doubt of the very worst mascots for any city all of our mascots suck so i'm just wrapping them all up into one obviously the gang leader here and the ring leader here is the redskins that's by far the worst i'm not going to say that nationals and capitals and wizards are as bad as redskins when you literally have a mascot that is a racial slur obviously that's the one that's going to be the worst but just quickly then this is why I felt like I had to include the other teams and the other mascots from DC. They just don't show any creativity. They don't really make sense and they don't really identify with the city of DC that they represent. So nationals, Washington nationals. First of all, I'm not even sure what that means. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. When you hear Tampa Bay Rays, you think of a stingray or maybe even a ray of light because they're in Tampa it's a beautiful double entendre if you think of the Miami Dolphins you think of a dolphin which is a kind of fish that's a mammal right when you hear the San Francisco 49ers I know on the first listen and the first listen you might wonder are we talking about the number 49 are we talking about the square root of seven or seven squared obviously you can tell I wasn't that good at math are you talking about something in relation to the Korean War no it's actually about the gold rush of 1849 but still at least it's not just a random thing it has some connection when you say the Washington Nationals I don't even know what I'm supposed to think of Nationals so I guess that would mean somebody who is from This country? Is that what it's about? So the dictionary definition is actually a citizen of a particular country, typically entitled to that country's passport. 
So is this just the Washington citizens of America? Washington Americans? Do you have to be American to be on the team? Do you have to be an American citizen uh, to be on the team? I just It's not a good mascot, obviously. I love the president's race. That's a great thing that they do to connect to the fans, to connect to the mascot, and to connect to the city. But uh, it's just not a good mascot. I think even Nats fans, who, you know, of which I am one, I think we can all agree it's just not a very cr- creative team name at all. And we're not really sure what it's supposed to mean. Does it mean If it means just citizens, that's not really exciting. It's not doesn't have anything really to do with DC and what about all the Dominican guys on the team what about all the Cuban guys on the team they might not be American citizens but they they help you know the Nationals win this basically just goes right in line with the Capitals Washington Capitals uh shout out to the Capitals they won the Stanley Cup last year they've already been eliminated this year Capitals obviously I know what it means it's the some capital city but it's the Capitals there's more than one so is this like a shout out to like every single capital city in the whole country like of every state like little rock anchorage i mean is that really what is that what we're doing here i'm just i'm a little confused honestly what it's even supposed to mean again not cool at all doesn't scare you it's not intimidating and obviously as we've just gone over some of the more intimidating and scary mascots should definitely be abolished but like you still want something they're like yeah i mean the eagles i hate the eagles but at least they have their cool little thing fly eagles fly what are you gonna say capitals i mean hold the judiciary of your district go capitals hold that judiciary of your district it just doesn't ring the same uh, doesn't ring the same bell doesn't really hit home quite as hard wizards now the reason they're called the wizards i don't know the reason they're called the wizards but the reason they're not called the bullets which used to be the name is because not only was dc the nation's capital but for a time was also the murder capital of the United States. So eventually the name Washington Bullets just became too ironic for its own good and they just couldn't deal with it with the large murder rates in the city at the time so they had to come up with another name. I do at least on this one respect the alliteration of Washington Wizards double W's. Um, it's pretty, that's that's decent, but Wizard just doesn't really have anything to do with DC at all. Again, not really scary at all. And um, unless the Wizards fan base finally starts taking my advice and my recommendation to all start chanting and shouting different spells like um, Alohomora and Expelliarmus uh, from Harry Potter, or if you guys like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, any Wizard spells will do. And unless the Wizard fans are really willing to get behind the Wizard mystique, wear hats, bring little wands to the game, bring those big Wizard cloaks to the game, dress up with long Dumbledore sort of beards, yell like Alohomora! or whatever, you know, unless you're willing to do all that, there's no really reason to have this mascot and have this team name that we're not going to get behind and be creative about. Okay, and now we're to the tippity top of the iceberg, the main reason DC wins the title for having the worst sports team names, worst mascots of any city, Washington Redskins. Now, first of all, just a point of uh, logistics, the Redskins do not actually play in Washington, D.C. They play at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. They should play in D.C. 
they should play in D.C., and I think that if the Redskins move back to D.C., if they move back to RFK Stadium or the site where RFK Stadium is, I truly believe there would be a renewed buzz around the team for the city. But regardless of whether they move or not, the point is they need to change their team name. Now, a lot of people say, oh, but there's a long tradition with the Redskins team name. We've already discussed the traditions bit. Traditions, if they if they help you bring people together, if they show love, if they help create positivity, I'm all for them. If it's like a tradition of hating people that are different than you, that's, you know, sort of one of those traditions where I'm kind of willing to let that tradition pass. I am not saying by any means that Redskins fans hate Native Americans. And I don't think that's the case. I think they're just attached to this brand, attached to the Burgundy and Gold. Now, the Redskins team officials have said, oh my God, but it would be so expensive for us to go through a rebrand. And, and what would people do with all their old gear? Well, that's just a, a really stupid argument as well. All the old gear would immediately become vintage, worth way more. They could sell all these sort of throwback Redskins stuff, though I guess that would still kind of be, be racist anyway. But anybody who had old gear would immediately, it would be valued way higher because it would be vintage. And they could create a whole new set of gear for the new team name and then sell it all over again. And everybody would have to buy new new hats, new shirts, new everything, depending on whatever the name of the team is. So they're not going to lose money. That's not going to happen. They're not going to lose money just because they changed the name. People aren't going to stop rooting for the team just because they changed the name. So I've already debunked these two arguments. Now, another one that I've heard from time to time, people say, well, we've asked Native Americans, and, I mean, they don't have a problem with it. Okay, this is like the four and five dentists think this toothpaste works type thing. You can't just ask five dentists and then know if a toothpaste works. We don't know which dentist you asked. They could just be, you know, your cousins who are dentists. How are we supposed to know that you, it's, that's not like a, that's not scientifics, that's not facts, right? So when you say we've asked a couple of Native Americans and they like it, first of all, how much did you pay those guys to say they like it? Second of all, were they like Liz Warren Native American? Were they real legit Native American? I'm not saying you can't be legit Native American. I'm just saying, how what'd you guys do to convince these people to say that this racial slur didn't bother them, right? Third, sometimes I have these polls, like you know, like I just mentioned. Oh, sixty percent of Native Americans don't feel this is offensive. Now, I don't know how stupid these people can be. Ninety-nine percent of Native Americans were murdered in a genocide, thanks to colonists who brought smallpox chlamydia and guns and basically killed all their families so what what did they say i'm sorry what did all what did all, just say what did all those folks say about the term redskins because i don't think we can really pull most native americans because we keep them on outdoor cages that we call reservations in oklahoma they didn't all live in oklahoma in new mexico they were forced out onto reservations largely in, a, in something called the trail of tears which was you know, if this something like this happened today, the UN would send in humanitarian aid based on what the United States did and the way they treated Native Americans. So to say, oh, Native Americans are cool with this, I don't really think most Native Americans are even available at the moment to be questioned about this issue. It's they, they never had the chance. They never had the chance because John Smith killed them. Okay, and Andrew Jackson. So let's not try to say Native Americans are cool with it. I just don't think that's a good 
I don't think that's a good uh, excuse, and I don't think that's a good reason why. Now, other people say, well, you know, not all, not all people think it's a racial slur. I mean, some people are offended by it, some people aren't. If there's any word, if there's any term that, like, a lot of people feel like is a racial slur, and not every, even if not everybody does, to me, that's still definitely enough reason to not have a team named after that, not sell shirts that say that, and hats that say that. I mean, if just a couple people interpret it as a racial slur, then that's probably enough. I think there's a lot of words. The English language has so many words. I don't know how many exactly, but I would say at least over 100 or 200 at the very least. And most of them are not racial slurs. So it'd be pretty freaking easy to come up with a mascot for the Washington football team that isn't really, that isn't a racial slur and that people won't even confuse for a racial slur. Nobody would even wonder, maybe, you know, maybe this is a racial slur or maybe it's not. How, how hard would it be to come up with a word, come up with a mascot that is just obviously not a racial slur? I don't think it would be that hard at all. I don't. And you might be saying, oh my god, but what do you want? N you know, no mascots that can kill people? No mascots that can do mean things? No mascots? Well, yeah, no mascots that are racist. I think that's pretty easy. I don't think we need to go too deep on that one. Obviously, that's, that's a pretty easy one. But you can't act like it's impossible to come up with a mascot because we have a lot of schools, we have a lot of teams that have incredible mascots that have really creative and unique mascots that don't offend anyone. I mean, for example, RISD, Rhode Island School of Design, they let the students vote on their own mascot. Shout out to my RISD homies, Leo, what up, dog? And, um, okay, maybe this will offend people, but RISD's mascot was actually Scrody the Scrotum. And I am not lying to you. If you think I'm lying to you, that's not what we do here. It's the I'm Open Podcast. Go ahead and look that up. The RISD, Rhode Island School of Design, mascot is Scrody the Scrotum. They let the school vote, and that's what they wanted. Okay? So that's what they wanted. That's at least creative. It might offend... So let's move on to ones that maybe they just won't, won't offend anyone. Minnesota. University of Minnesota. Their team is the Golden Gophers. How great is that? Obviously, gof Gophers aren't really golden, but, you know, they're more maybe golden brown, but I love the alliteration, the golden gophers. It sounds so good. I'm sure they do have plenty of gophers in Minnesota. Not offensive to anybody. What about banana slugs, University of Santa Cruz? That's funny. That's honestly funny. It's not offensive. And slugs can be poisonous too. I don't know if the banana slugs are poisonous, but you know, there's still some maybe danger to it, but it's still funny. TCU, the horned frogs. That is awesome. Again, funny. Maybe frogs can be poisonous too. Easily not offensive. I didn't think when I heard the word horned frogs, could this be a racial slur for some ethnic group? Didn't even cross my mind because it's not. And of course, shout out to my squad, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And a lot of people wonder, who don't know, who haven't been to Ohio, or who aren't part of Buckeye Nation, what does Buckeyes mean? It's actually the state nut of Ohio. And if you're saying, well, that sounds super soft, first of all, it's a very hard nut with a hard shell, and it's poisonous. So that is a little bit scary. It is a poisonous nut. It shouts out to the culture of the state, the heritage and agriculture of the state. And guess what? 
not even offensive at all. So that's my challenge to all these schools, all these professional sports teams with offensive mascots, with mascots that celebrate the Confederacy or that are racial slurs or that celebrate environmental catastrophes that devastate communities, is that maybe do better, be more creative, and I hope and expect these folks step up to my challenge and come up with some better mascots that represent their communities and don't offend anyone. Hopefully that happens soon. This isn't necessarily something that's been going on in the news or based on a specific event. This is just something that I've been ruminating on and meditating on lately. And it's about how much hate, how much negativity there is out there from my fellow sports fans, especially on social media. And it just makes me, it makes me really sad. It makes me really sad. Now, I think one of the big reasons I like sports and I've been so passionate about sports for basically my whole life. And I think a big reason so many people like sports is that they're a source of good news more than anything else. It's a way to see human triumph. People push the limits of what they're able to do. People come together as a team. People overcome obstacles. Sports, news, sports topics. Let's be honest. It's just entertainment at the end of the day. I think that's what makes it so popular. It's a way for communities to come together. And it's a way for us to celebrate great achievements by our you know, fellow members of, of the human race. So... It makes me really sad and it makes me really frustrated when people become overwhelmed with negativity because that's not what sports about is about. And that's not why we love sports. That's not the point of sports. I understand every team has their rivals. You want to beat your rivals. But a lot of times I think if you really look deep down and if you really think about it and if you really examine at its core, you probably have a lot more in common with your rivals than you're aware of. You probably have a lot in common with the rival, your rivals. The only difference might be the city you live in and the colors you wear, but in terms of your values, in terms of what you care about, in terms of your love for your team and for your sport, I think more often than not, people probably do have a lot in common with their rivals. Somebody who I am uh, personally a fan of, his name is Nav Bhatia, and he's the super fan for the Toronto Raptors. And you will see him at every single Toronto Raptors game sitting courtside. You also see him at basically every single Raptors 905 game, which is their G League minor league team. And he hasn't missed a game for like decades. I think it's like 30 years or so that he hasn't missed a Raptors game. 
Okay, well, the Raptors were founded in 1995, so maybe not quite 30 years, but it could, you know, be 20, over 20 years. Anyway, the point is he's a very committed fan. He hasn't missed a game in a long time. But one thing I love about Nob is that he respects and shows love to his opponents. Now, during these playoffs, he's been traveling to... First, he traveled down to Orlando. That was the site of the Raptors' first round matchup with the Magic. Now he's traveled. Uh, now I'm sure he'll travel down to Philly for the Raptors matchup with the 76ers. And what I love about him is every time he goes, he posts his appreciation for the fans and the fan base of that community. Because, as he says, and I totally agree, the NBA basketball, it's all one big family. At the end of the day, you can remember, okay, they're rivals on the court, but off the court, all these people really have a lot in common. All these people are striving towards the same goal. And somebody who you're booing this year might get traded to your team next year. Recently, the Warriors, in their first round matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers, had one of their star players, DeMarcus Cousins, or Boogie, as he is known. He, like, hyperextended his knee. He did something terrible to his knee. Uh, he actually tore his left quadricep during a game. And he will be out now for the rest of the playoffs. Boogie, get well soon. We're praying for you out here. We hope you come back soon. What I couldn't believe is how many people online were laughing about the injury, were joking about it, were saying, oh, he deserves it. And really, we're not showing any sympathy towards Boogie. I know Boogie is a controversial figure. He's been known to shout out other to shout at other players, shout at his coaches, shout at referees. He's one of the league leaders every single season in technical fouls, basically, which you just get for bad behavior. Um, he's known to pout sometimes, be grouchy sometimes, be an emotional guy sometimes. I understand that. But we all can be pouty sometimes. We all can be aggravated sometimes. And to wish harm to somebody else at the place of work, to laugh about somebody else being injured at their place of work, to me that's just stooping extremely low. I don't care what team you like. I don't care if you're tired of the Warriors winning all these championships and you think that Boogie was just stacking the deck by going and teaming up with Steph and Clay and KD. None of us should be in a position where we are rooting for somebody else to get severely injured at their workplace. That's just way too far. I mean, if you're a barista out there, none of us are rooting for you to spill boiling hot water on your hand and burn your hand? Of course not. Why would we root for that? Even if maybe we like a different coffee shop than the one you work at. Even if we work for a rival coffee shop, why would we want you to get a terrible burn from a boiling hot pot of water spilling on you? That's just terrible. Why would we wish this type of harm to others? Why? If you're a lawyer or an accountant or somebody who deals with secretive files we would never want you to get your hand caught in the paper shredder at your office that's awful that's absolutely awful you might lose a finger i would never wish that on anyone and i so i don't understand why fans out here are celebrating happy laughing about the fact that this man tore his quadricep I think sometimes when we look at athletes, we look at sports teams, we think about them like they're the Avengers or Harry Potter characters or something. We have to remember, these are real people. This isn't Field of Dreams. This isn't Space Jam. And it's not Space Jam 2. And it's not Airbud. These are real people. They have families. They have feelings. And this is their job. 
This is their job too. Just like you wouldn't want anybody yelling profanities at you or throwing ice at you during your work day, these guys feel the same way about doing their job. Yeah, maybe they get paid more than you do to do their job. Maybe they have a lot more people watching them than you do at work. But that doesn't mean they deserve to be harassed while they're at work. This is still a workplace, after all. And we as fans often get so fired up about our teams, about their opponents. Even the players don't hate each other. Even the players don't hate each other. So why as fans do we get more worked up about it than the players? We have to understand, these guys are friends. These guys might be battling, pushing each other on the court, even elbowing each other sometimes, getting in each other's face, but that's part of the competitive spirit. I do the same thing to my friends, to my brother and sister and cousins when we play sports and when we play games against each other. That's just part of the competitive spirit. But these guys don't actually hate each other. These guys are all friends. They all hang out in LA and Miami and Atlanta during the off season. And they go to Ibiza together. <laughs> and they're sponsored by Adidas or Gatorade together and do photo shoots or play on Team USA together. Or grew up playing AAU together or college or playing in youth travel tournaments against each other. These guys have all known each other probably before they were even professional basketball players. And a lot of them, there's a good chance they'll stay friends after they're professional basketball players. So why do we hate these guys when they don't even hate each other? Why don't we hate these other teams when they don't even hate each other? Last week, as I mentioned, the Clippers and Warriors had a very contentious series. Now, the Warriors, they were the number one seed in the Western Conference. They've had an incredible season, and they've been the dominating force over the NBA for the last few seasons. And I can understand, they are the big, bad wolf right now of the NBA. A lot of people want to see them knocked off their throne. But let's not pretend like the Warriors are the first dynasty, the first team that's been dominant that we've ever, that we've ever had. Because before that, we had the Heat. Before that, we had the Spurs. Before that, we had the Lakers. Back in the you know 80s and 90s, we had the Lakers and Celtics. There have always been dominating teams in the NBA. That's the way the NBA works. The teams with the best players dominate. That's the way it always has been. And people were really trying to get both sides to talk shit about each other to the media in the press conferences after the game, in the locker room, before and after practice, and media availability. Because, yeah, these guys were getting into each other's face on the court. These guys were getting chippy. They were getting physical. There was one game where both Kevin Durant and Patrick Beverly were both ejected from the game, one player from each team. But when they asked Kevin Durant after that game, oh, what are his words for Patrick Beverly? Does he play dirty? No. Kevin Durant wasn't buying into it, and he said no. He respects Patrick Beverly. He appreciates the way he plays. He was expecting the way he plays. That's his style. That's his game. And you wouldn't expect anything else. That's respect for your competitor when you go at them 110% because you're showing them that's, that's the effort they deserve. That's the effort that they have earned. That's respect from one player to another, from one competitor to another. So Kevin Durant was gonna say, wasn't going to say, oh, I hate Patrick Beverly, or Patrick Beverly's a dirty player, because he doesn't. He likes him. He respects him. 
And this is their job. This is a game they're playing. They're going at each other on the court. But they might be able to go out and have drinks together this summer. Or visit, meet, meet up in Cancun or something. Like I said, at the end of the day, they're all colleagues. They're all members of the NBA Players Union. So the media, the fans out there, we were trying to get people to, you know, Kevin Durant, Patrick Beverly to hate each other. They weren't buying into it. After the Warriors finally eliminated the Clippers after game six, the media... They were asking Patrick Beverly, well, I mean, what, what, what could you do to stop Kevin Durant? How come you couldn't stop Kevin Durant? And he basically returned the respect, returned the favor back to Kevin. He said, look, what would you do to stop Kevin Durant? He's an incredible player. He's one of the best basketball players ever. He's seven feet tall. He can dribble like a guard. He can shoot threes from anywhere. He's great on defense. I mean, he's an, he's an incredible scorer that cannot be stopped by anyone. And Patrick Beverly, he can respect that too. These guys can go at each other. They can push each other, both physically and mentally and emotionally. They can shout at each other. That doesn't mean they hate each other. That just means they're doing their jobs and they're competing to the highest level. So why as fans are we now hating Kevin Durant or Patrick Beverly when they don't even hate each other? They respect each other a lot and they're not buying into the hype. They're not going to start talking trash you know, to the media just for our entertainment, because it's not, that's not true. That's not the way they feel. I thought this was a really awesome quote by Damian Lillard just a couple days ago regarding the pressure that comes with performing in the playoffs. Now, Damian, he's been thriving under the pressure, and that's maybe even an understatement. I mean, he was awesome in the Blazers' first-round series in which they defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the final game was capped off by a shot so incredible. It was really a historic shot. And I was really tired that night. I had just been traveling and I was so exhausted. I really wanted to go to sleep, but I just had a feeling something special is gonna happen in this game. I stayed up past my bedtime and I am so glad I did because Dame hit one of the most incredible shots I have ever witnessed. And it really was a historic shot. So he's been bawling. And so he was asked, you know, Dame, you've been thriving under the pressure. What does it mean to you? What does the pressure mean to you of the playoffs? How how do you train yourself to perform under this pressure? And I just thought he had the best an answer, the most mature answer. And this is what he said. Pressure? Nah, fam. This is just playing ball. Pressure is the homeless man who doesn't know where his next meal is coming from. Pressure is the single mom who is trying to scuffle and pay her rent. We get paid a lot of money to play a game. Don't get me wrong. There are challenges, but to call it pressure is almost an insult to regular people. That's deep. I agree with Dame. I mean, yeah. Is there a lot of pressure when fans are shouting on you? Shouting at you? Screaming at you? Yes. Absolutely. Is there a lot of pressure to live up to the expectations to put on for your teammates? Of course there is. But compared to the pressure of providing for your family, of just surviving day-to-day -day life, I mean... These guys get to play a game that they've loved since kids. This is a privilege, and Damien understands that. So we as fans, we have to understand that too. This is, at the end of the day, a game. This is entertainment. It's like, you know, I, I'm not a big Game of Thrones guy, but I, I know it's hot right now. I mean, if you saw one of the actors who was a White Walker in person, I guess you might not necessarily recognize him, but if you saw him at the line in front of you at Chipotle, you shouldn't, like, try to choke him or anything because he's not actually, you know, that's a character he plays. He's not actually an evil zombie. And just, like, 
with these guys. They happen to put on a shirt. You happen to get drafted by this Philadelphia 76ers. You happen to get drafted by the Toronto Raptors. Or you happen to get drafted by the New York Knicks. These guys didn't necessarily choose which team they go to. That doesn't mean you need to hate them for the rest of your life, for the rest of their life, because they definitely don't even hate each other. I'm open family. I think we can be an example for the rest of the sports fans out there to let them know that being a sports fan is about being positive, about lifting up your team. Yeah, and yeah, oh, I understand that's part of the fun, booing the other team, shouting screw you when they score on you and being mad. That's part of the fun. But when you take it to social media, when you start posting on these people's walls, talking trash about their families and significant others, wishing harm on them, threatening them, what's the point? What's the point? At the end of the day, these guys all respect each other a lot. They don't hate each other. They see each other as peers. Now, we can care about our teams. We can love our teams. And I'm as passionate as any fan out there. I love my teams. And they've made me cry. They've made me laugh. Okay? They've made me do things I didn't think were possible. We have to appreciate that without our rivals, we would be nothing. Without those big games to look forward to, what would we be looking forward to? So let's let's stop the hate, sports fans. Let's stop the negativity. And let's focus on the incredible accomplishments of these athletes, the incredible achievements they're able to have when they work together as a team, that positivity is what we should be focused on. And that's what we should be giving back to our athletes. People don't hate Vigo Mortensen because he plays mean characters or hate Javier Bardem because he plays mean characters. If you see him in the street, I hope you don't cuss him out because those are just characters. And to a certain extent, yeah, these guys on court personas, that's sort of just a character, the attitude they display on the court. That's not how they are all the time with their families. They're not wearing their OKC Thunder uniforms and, and Sacramento Kings uniforms when they're at home with their families. They're just living their lives, taking their kids to school, taking their kids to soccer practice. These are real people too. So let's always try to spread love. Let's always try to spread positivity, especially to my sports fans out there. And remember, that's why this is the I'm Open Podcast. That's what we're all about, spreading positivity, spreading love. I'm Open Family. As we all know, there's something we have to do every single episode of the I'm Open podcast before we say goodbye. And that is to recognize our Mask Off Performer of the Week. This recognition goes to someone who has revealed something new about themselves. Doesn't have to be good, doesn't have to be bad, it just means they have revealed something new about themselves. Of course, the muse for this segment is the one and only Future. Thank you, Future. Thank you so much. Mask on. This week, the Mask Off Performer of the Week is Tom Coughlin. Mr. Coughlin, well, first he was the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars when they were a brand new expansion team. Then he later was the head coach of the New York Giants, where he won two Super Bowls and he was known for printing the team shirts with Bible verses on them as motivational tools and for almost having his entire face frostbitten one game 
in Green Bay, Wisconsin, against the Packers. Tom Coughlin is currently the Executive Vice President of Football Operations, it's a very fancy title, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he is the mask off performer this week because he has revealed that he doesn't understand the meaning of the word voluntary. And we're going to break that down right now. So every offseason, every NFL team has something called voluntary workouts, which are, as you guessed it, I'm open family. I know we got a very smart bunch here who listen to the show, a very well-educated and well-read bunch. And I think we all know what the word voluntary means, which is, you. it's like, you know, volunteer. If you want to, you can, you don't have to, as opposed to obligatory or mandatory, which would mean it's something you have to do. But, you know, to my understanding, voluntary means something that you do if you volunteer to, if you like to. Optional is a good synonym for it. So, every off-season, during the summer or during the spring, every NFL team, every football team has voluntary workouts where they open up their workout facility, they open up their training facility for all the players who would like to because it's voluntary, to come back, work out with the team, have a little team bonding time, and get ready for the next season. Now, there was a little controversy surrounding the Jacksonville Jaguars' voluntary workouts. Almost everybody was there at the workout, but there was a couple players missing, because, as I said before, it is voluntary. So, Coach, well, I'm still calling him Coach out of, out of uh, respect, but Coach Coughlin, even though he's not a coach anymore, came out and had a statement about that. He said, we're very close to 100% attendance. Quite frankly, our players should be here building the concept of team, working hard, side by side, constructing our bond of togetherness, formulating our collective priorities and goals. Success in the NFL demands struggle. Those who have everything given to them become lazy, selfish, and insensitive to the real values of team. The hard work that many try to avoid is the major building block for the development of an outstanding football team. It's not about rights and privileges. It's about obligations and responsibility. And the question is, can we count on you? Now, look, a lot of what, Co a lot of what Coach Coughlin said, I agree on. Building togetherness, building bonds, embracing the struggle, embracing the hard work. All that is true. All that is true. That's about working in any team. That's about working in any job. But this is where I don't r roll with it, and this is where I can't connect with it. When he said it's about obligations. It's not about obligations. Not right now, because this is the voluntary workout. So voluntary and obligation, those are like opposites. You can't be one and be the other. One of the superstars of the NFL and of the Jacksonville Jaguars is Jalen Ramsey. He did not take kindly to those words from Coughlin. So first, David Mulugetas, who is um, Jalen Ramsey's agent, spoke out and said, To be clear, Jalen Ramsey is exactly where Jalen should be during his offseason, spending time with his young daughter and family while training in his hometown of Nashville. In addition, the Jags are fully aware of why he is not taking part in the voluntary offseason program. Then Jalen followed up to back up his agent and said, fully aware, quote-unquote, and voluntary, quote-unquote, meaning I don't have to be there, but they know the exact reasons I am not. My teammates know it's all love and know I'll be ready when it's time. 100, with the 100 emoji. I take Jalen's side 100, with the 100 emoji on this one as well. If it's a voluntary workout, 
That means it's voluntary. He gets to go if he wants to. I understand that Tom Coughlin wants everybody to volunteer to go, but I want everybody to volunteer to give me ice cream, and they might not do that. That doesn't mean I'm going to go and trash them because it's voluntary. I can't force people to do that. So if something is voluntary, you can't come back and trash people for not attending because that's not what voluntary means. I was also happy to see the NFL Players Association spoke up on this issue in defense of Jalen Ramsey. And they said, our CBA definition, and CBA stands for Collective Bargaining Agreement, just real quick, it's like the union jargon for the NFL Players Association, which is the players union, the labor agreement they have with the NFL League Office. It's called the CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement. So we'll go back from there. Our CBA definition of voluntary is the same as the actual definition of voluntary and prohibits anyone from threatening players to participate in voluntary workouts. This is precisely the reason players negotiated strict work rules and bright lines when it comes to off-season activities. We know from experience that not all coaches and executives will adhere to them, and we always pursue any violations to protect our rules. I really appreciate them coming up straight and firm. Our definition of the word voluntary is the same as the dictionary definition. I mean, I, that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a side little burn, but I appreciate that because it's stating the obvious. And a lot of these old school coaches in the NFL, like they're saying, try to bend the rules, try to really push guys and try to have them work out as much as they can, push them as hard as they can. And I understand it's a rigorous sport. It's a physical sport. Absolutely. But if something is voluntary, that means it's voluntary. You can't say something is voluntary and then come back and be mad if people don't attend because that's not what voluntary means. That's not what it means. It's like when your mom asks if you can go to dinner at your family friend's house, but you know she's not really asking, she's just telling you you're going to dinner at your family friend's house. Now, I know we would all just prefer they just say, we you know, we, we all love our mom so much, is this mandatory or is this voluntary? So we just know straight up which one it's going to be. Because if it's mandatory, then you just go in expecting, you know, why, am I, why are you asking, can I make it or not? If I say, no, I can't make it, and then you're going to be disappointed when I don't make it, right? So just tell me if it's voluntary, or mandatory. And if it's voluntary and it's actually really legit voluntary, then don't be disappointed and mad at me and hold it over me when I don't go because you said it was voluntary. You can try to explain to me the reasons why I should go. You can try to encourage me to go, maybe entice me to go. But if it's voluntary, it's voluntary. So I appreciate the players. I appreciate Jalen standing up for himself. I appreciate the players union standing up for Jalen. I appreciate his agent standing up for him as well. And here... On the I'm Open podcast, we are always about player empowerment because these, at the end of the day, like we just mentioned, these are the guys that are putting themselves on the line. These are the guys that are are making themselves vulnerable to verbal abuse from the fans, to potential injury that they might have to deal with for the rest of their lives. So when somebody like Tom Coughlin comes back and gets mad at the players for not coming to a voluntary event, I, I really don't stand for that. And I just think I'm glad the players don't stand for that either. Because that's not what voluntary means. So, Tom Coughlin is our Mask Off Performer of the Week because he has revealed that he has a limited understanding of the English language and vocabulary. But, you know, just so we're all clear, voluntary is a synonym for optional, 
which means, you know, you don't have to do something unless you want to. And ob obligations means things that you have to do, requirements, that would be another synonym for them, which would mean it's not optional. So you're not allowed to say a workout is voluntary, an event is voluntary, and then come back and say you haven't been living up to your obligations, because those literally are the exact opposites. Thanks again for listening to I'm Open Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell your friends to listen to the show. Now you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Open underscore pod, and you can get your very own I'm Open Podcast hats. All you have to do is send us a DM, and we will ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Everybody, have a great night, and don't forget to stay open.